Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Ave Geeks podcast. I'm Sergeant Jack Anderson, and I'm here tonight with Sergeant Aiden Paul. How's it going? And Sergeant Madeline McConnell. Hello, everyone. And in case you guys are wondering why we're calling ourselves Sergeant, all three of us got promoted this past Monday. Fun. Yeah, it's very exciting. We've been working towards this for a long time, and we are finally Sergeant. Very exciting. Uh... It's now been two weeks since the last time we recorded. That's because last week uh, was Halloween, so we decided not to record that week. And then the week before, my computer got screwed up and I had to send it out for repairs. So this week, we decided to do something pretty fun. We decided to talk about the Bermuda Triangle, which is considered to be one of the most haunted or one of the strangest areas in the world and has a lot to do with aviation because there have been a lot of planes that have gone missing in this area as well as a lot of ships so we're going to be formatting this similar to the Amelia Earhart episode where um, we're going to state a few facts we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the cases that happened in this area and then we're going to talk about some of the theories that we have on what's going on here so um, first and foremost what is the Bermuda Triangle well the Bermuda Triangle is an area of the Atlantic Ocean that's roughly defined as uh, the water between Miami, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. Uh, so it's, it's roughly estimated as being between 500,000 and a million square miles. Um, but yeah, it, it is a very large area, but it's weird how many planes and ships have gone missing in that area. It's very bizarre. Uh, so here we have a list of all of the different uh, incidents that have happened right here. Um, so the first major one was on March 4th, 1918, when the USS Cyclops, one of the U.S. Navy's largest fuel ships, went missing without a trace with no distress call made. So um, it's weird because, yeah, ships do sink. Ships go to the bottom of the ocean. That's not the weird part. But the weird part is no one called this in like. When a ship is sinking, you'd expect people to be like, hey, uh, c- come on, help us. We're sinking. We're going down. Nope. No one ever said anything about that. Well, then again, this is 1918. Like communication technology wasn't exactly amazing back then. The best you had was telegraph machines. And those uh, those didn't work often, at least at the time. I guess. But I mean, look at the Titanic. I mean, the Titanic, when it sank they were able to get out a ton of distress calls. And that was like, uh, I think six years before this. Yeah, six years, it would have been 1912. So yeah, and even weirder is the Titanic. We actually have found wreckage from it. The USS Cyclops, nope, we've never found the ship. We've never found where that ended up, which is pretty bizarre. All right, we'll go with that. Though I think think the one thing that might... um, uh, provide an explanation for that is that apparently the Bermuda Triangle has some of the deepest oceans in the world, uh, like similar depth to where the Titanic was, I've heard. So if a ship did sink down there, it would make sense that we've never found it because it's really dangerous to send divers and subs that deep. Also, I'm guessing there would be a lot less people looking for looking for a certain for the ships that sank here versus the Titanic. Exactly. Yeah, the Titanic was a famous ship. Everyone wanted to find it. USS Cyclops, I'm willing to bet most people have never heard of that before tonight. Um, next, let's see what's next here. Uh, also, we're, we're uh, doing these in order of when they happen. So 
the one we're about to talk about next is probably the most famous example, um, but we put it second just because uh, it happened after the first one there. But on December 5th, 1945, a flight of five Navy torpedo bombers took off on a training flight in the Bermuda Triangle. Some important details to take note of are the fact that the aircraft had just received maintenance checks, the weather conditions were predicted to be good, and all above, the TBM Avenger aircraft they were flying were said to be some of the most durable of the time. This was so far to the point that they had the nickname Iron Birds by their crew, which is pretty impressive. And they were, they were warplanes. They were used in battle, and they had a very good reputation in battle for being able to take many hits and keep flying. So it's really not likely that these things just got hit by a little bit of rain and it caused them to fall out of the sky or anything like that. Um, so the flight had 14 crewmen on board um, and they were led by Lieutenant Charles Taylor, who was an experienced Navy pilot. During the flight, Lieutenant Taylor called ATC to report that all the compasses on their planes were malfunctioning. He also said, quote, we can't find West, everything is wrong, we can't be sure of any direction. Everything looks strange, even the ocean, end quote. About 20 minutes after this call, he called again and said, quote, we can't make out anything. We think we may be about 220 miles northeast of base. It looks like we're entering whitewater. We're completely lost, end quote. Now, it's that last part there, we are completely lost, that I think is um, a pretty important detail in what happened to them. So I think it's uh, pretty obvious, maybe the compasses broke down, uh, they got confused of where they were. Um, but yeah, they were utterly lost. They had no clue where they were. And during these transmissions, his voice was described as being frantic and um, really sort of dramatic. Like he sounded like he was in danger and really worried. Um, so after this, the aircraft obviously didn't return to base and the Navy sent out a PBM Mariner plane to go search for them. However, weirdly, this plane went missing without a trace too. And in the incident report, I've always found this sort of funny. The Navy said, quote, uh, where is it? Sorry, quote, we are not even able to make a good guess as to what happened, end quote. I mean, it's one thing for a crazy conspiracy theorist to say, I don't know what happened. I, I have no clue. But I mean, for the U.S. Navy, the most powerful Navy in the world to say that, I mean, that, um, that doesn't sound too good, does it? Okay, I take back what I said earlier. That is very strange. <laughs> that is certainly yeah. pretty strange. Mm -hmm. Well, again, the wreckage for these planes has never been found. So, yes, the ocean is deep. But I still think the Navy would have probably sent a, a sub or two down there to try and find out what happened. And especially with all the advancements we've had in uh, autonomous sub technology, like uh, drones, they could have sent a, a drone sub down there and they, they've still not found anything. I am absolutely perplexed that they have not found the wreckage for any of these planes or any of these ships. And this happened like 70 years ago. Yep. I agree with Paul. This is very, very, very strange. Something I might add here is the fact that just because we've never found the wreckages doesn't really mean anything. Like the U.S. has lost nukes on its own soil, and we still haven't found them. Like, Yeah, um, for anyone who doesn't know, those are actually called broken arrow incidents. You can look those up. 
And I think there's been well over a hundred of those. No one knows how many the Soviets have lost, so sleep well tonight. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of nukes lost by the U.S. Don't know how many by the Soviets. That is a comforting fact. Right, back to the Bermuda Triangle. So on December 28, 1948, a Douglas DC-3 carrying 26 passengers vanished after radioing that it was only 50 miles from Florida. Now, this one is weird because it was so close to its destination, and then boom, just out of, the, out of nowhere, gone. No one ever sees it again. Happened in 1948, I say it was the Soviets. <laughs> you say it was the Soviets? Like it was the Soviets flying the plane, or it was the Soviets who shot it down? Oh, no, Soviets just shut it down. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, either one could have been true. Ah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, yeah, that, that's still weird though, because a lot of these that happen like when the boat's in the middle of nowhere, but this was only 50 miles from Florida. I mean, that is so close that you would have thought they would have at least found something when they sent out a search party for it. At 50 miles, that would be like just past, like if it was a clear day, like 50 miles would be just past how far you can see. Exactly. That's just beyond your line of sight. So that thing was incredibly close. That that wasn't like in the middle of nowhere they just got lost that was they were on the on the verge of landing at their destination and boom they're gone now on to some of the more uh, interesting ones in october of 1951 a u.s navy landing ship called the southern districts went missing while in the bermuda triangle again no distress call was made the creepiest part was that this time there actually was a piece of debris the only piece of debris was a life jacket bearing the ship's name that washed up on the Florida coast. But get this, it was in 1955, four years after the ship disappeared. Now, no, again, creepy. yeah, that, that is super creepy. No debris ever found except for one thing, but it was four years after the ship went missing. I mean, that, that, is, that is very creepy. That's enough to give you like shivers up your spine. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, another interesting one is uh, on December 22nd, 1967, when a 23-foot yacht called the Witchcraft went missing along with its two occupants, one of which was an experienced sailor. What was so interesting about this case was that the yacht had been designed to be almost unsinkable. Like I know we said with the Titanic, uh, it was unsinkable because it was so durable. But what was different about this one was it had a uh, special flotation device that was built right into the hull. So um, I know on a lot of boats, they sometimes have airbags on them. Like uh, I used to be in Navy League and a lot of the boats, they didn't trust us with them. So they'd put a whole bunch of airbags in because they thought we were going to sink them. Um, reasonable. It is fairly reasonable when you give a nine-year-old a sailboat. Um, right, but... The thing is, they didn't have those on the Titanic, so they weren't unsinkable. This practically was. They had uh, a special flotation device, should have made it unsinkable. It, it still sank somehow. or They don't even know if it sank. It just disappeared. Uh, again, this was interesting because um, the boat, it was about a mile out from shore, and one of the passengers had called the Coast Guard to report that they had hit something in the water and needed to tow back. So again, that's pretty weird that it was only one mile away. That means that means people might have actually been able to see this from the shore. Like if you had been standing on the beach and you looked out, you might have been able to see this boat. It's a mile out. You'd definitely be able to see that. Exactly. But despite that, when the Coast Guard showed up, 
there was no trace of the boat or its crew. And it was reported that during their call, the crew on board, they hadn't seemed frantic. They seemed very calm. And they had never once said that their boat was sinking. And even, even if it had sunk, because you know what? Maybe someone took a knife, popped a hole in the airbag. But even if it had sunk, the boat was equipped with life jackets and flares. So that in no way explains where the crew went. I think that's pretty sketchy. That is very creepy. Oh, yeah, that's definitely the most damning piece of evidence there. Well, I think the scariest part was that they were one mile away from shore. Like They probably thought they were safe because they could probably see the beach from where they were, and yet they were never seen again. That is utterly creepy. Like If they were really strong, they could swim that far. Mm -hmm. All right, so that is the uh, last of the major cases here. Um, that was, that was just a few of the cases though. There are hundreds of ships that have gone missing in this area and dozens of planes. So what we just gave you there, it barely scratches the surface. And I would highly encourage you to go read up on some of the other cases as there are quite a few very interesting ones. So now that we have discussed, uh, a lot of the main events that happened here, a lot of the main disappearances, why don't we talk about some of the theories? All right, time to break out the Bermuda, the, not the Bermuda, the tinfoil hats. <laughs> yes. So, first theory. This one is probably the most reasonable theory I have ever heard. It is that the Bermuda Triangle is a naturally dangerous region with rough water and unpredictable tides. That, that is very true, because if you look on a satellite, you will see that um, a lot of hurricanes go through this region. Um, so like, if you've ever seen those maps during hurricane season, you can see it passes right through this area, almost every single one of them. Um, however, what's interesting to note is that none of these took place during the hurricane season, which is from July to September. Strange number of them actually took place in December, which is weird. I think like three of them took place in December, which is, I think I'm hoping a weird coincidence. Otherwise that might've been something we overlooked. All right. Um, so yeah, I think that's a fairly reasonable thing to think that um, all these ships and planes that went missing because they got overpowered by waves, winds, stuff like that. Um, next is another theory that sounds actually pretty reasonable. So it's that um, the Bermuda Triangle actually contains magnetic phenomena that can mess up computers. So it has been found that the Bermuda Triangle is a place where true north and magnetic north meet. Uh, so if you know anything about uh, compasses or uh, maps or anything like that, you'll know that magnetic north and true north are two different things. But in this place, they meet up, which I've heard theorized that that can really screw around with uh, compasses. Um, so it was actually um, Christopher Columbus, when he first sailed to America in 1492, his uh, records show that the ship's compass had malfunctioned and that the seas were worse here than anywhere else he had ever sailed in his life, which I think is fairly significant because that, that's the first guy who ever sailed through the Bermuda Triangle and even he got screwed up by it. Um, let's see, what else did he record? Um, well, another interesting thing he recorded was that his crew had seen strange lights in the sky, which some experts say might've been ball lightning, which is a rare phenomenon which has been known to intensify magnetic fields. This also helps the theory of compasses being screwed up 
and it would explain why sometimes electronics and radios don't work as well in this area. That sounds like a pretty reasonable theory. Exactly. I think that's uh, very reasonable. So I think the first two theories, either one of them or a combination of the two, are probably the most reasonable explanations for this. Probably. Now, considering now that, theories. <laughs> yeah, considering we've just had the two most logical explanations, time to break out the tinfoil hats. Let's dive off the deep end into some wacko theories. So this is going to be good. Yeah. Our third theory is that the Bermuda Triangle is actually home to the lost city of Atlantis. And <laughs> yeah, I could see you laughing there, Paul. This is a pretty far out there one. Um, so it is believed that the passengers of the planes and ships lost in the region now reside in Atlantis. And in fact, a writer in the 1970s theorized that the entire city of Atlantis was a victim of the Bermuda Triangle and that their technology is so much more advanced than ours that they can just sort of take any boat or plane they want and abduct it into the ocean. We're just getting on the fact that Atlantis was a Greek myth <laughs> on the other I side mean, of the planet, they, you know? <laughs> if you think about it, though, it's in the Mediterranean. They could have sailed really far west when they were exploring and I, maybe I, yes, I mean i mean the bermuda triangle is like the easternmost part of north america ish okay that's a fairly broad statement and i'm really not looking at a map right now policy you looking at the map okay how yeah, would you say it's, it's east it's also it's sort of in line with greece like it looks like it's uh it looks like it'd be a fairly straight journey there whereas if they wanted to go to like nova scotia or something They'd have to make a couple turns to get there. Well, I mean, see, the, the thing with that theory is that a triremes can't handle Atlantic, Atlantic waters. That is a fair point. Well, maybe the Greeks invented some big boat we've never found. Well, who knows? Ancient Egyptians made the pyramids that have, that have a whole bunch of geological coincidences. Who knows? Well, I think we all know the aliens made the pyramids. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not that weird. All right. So considering that is the first wacko theory, here come some even more whack job theories. Oh, God. Our fourth theory is that the Bermuda Triangle is an entrance to another universe or a wormhole. Some have said that this might have something to do with unusual travel times in the region, with one pilot saying he was once lost in a thick fog for about three minutes. But when he escaped, he was flying over Miami, and his watch showed 40 minutes had passed, despite the fact that he was over 90 minutes away from his previous location. Uh, in fact, one video I watched on the topic claimed it could be a cosmic Cheshire cat. Yep. Cosmic Cheshire cat. Yes, a cosmic Cheshire cat. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Cheshire cat is, it means something that plays a joke on someone else. So, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this. Some believe that the Bermuda Triangle is a higher power, which is just pranking people by sucking them into the ocean. Is, is, it, is it, Are we just dealing with Loki here? I don't know, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't We're find it very right all along. I don't find it very likely that the Bermuda Triangle is really just a Cheshire cat. I mean, 
imagine imagine figuring that out one day though imagine one day humans become advanced enough to figure out what's going on in the bermuda triangle and it really is just a cheshire cat sitting there <laughs> that would be hilarious <laughs> i can i can imagine it right now oh i think the, we all uh, can and it's it's pretty funny it's pretty funny to the, imagine the cheshire you got all cat the, there you got the screens with all the data running across them you look through the camera you got set up in the bermuda triangle you look through it, and it's a big-ass cat just sitting yeah. there. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Now, time for the final theory. And considering how we've done this so far, we all know where this is going. This is going to be the really far-out-there one. <sighs> Our final theory is that victims of the Bermuda Triangle were abducted by aliens. The only thing that backs up this theory, let me just say, is the fact that these ships all went missing without a trace, and the fact that there is um, the fact that like there was no distress calls or anything. It makes us think that it was instantaneous. However, no, there's there, I'm saying there's no way they were abducted by aliens. One thing I always hate about conspiracy theorists is they say um, they say, "Oh, can you prove it didn't happen?" No, of course I can't prove that the Bermuda Triangle is really Atlantis. Of course I can't prove that the Bermuda Triangle is a cat. And of course I can't prove that the Bermuda Triangle was Area 51 underwater. Yeah. Like there's aliens there. No, I can't prove those, but what are the odds? Now, with all that said, that does just wrap about our time for tonight. Um, that was a lot of fun. That really flew by, but you know, time flies when you're having fun. Uh, we discussed some really crazy theories tonight, and we'd once again like to thank you for listening to the Ave Geeks podcast. So goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>